0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Slab Stocks Live YouTube show here on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Every Monday, we're live. Sorry that we're five minutes late. We're having some technical difficulties with the screen share of the presentation that we have each week for you. But, Nate, I'm really excited to be here. I think that you are, too. Yeah, I am. I can't see anybody
1: or anything, just the screen that I'm sharing with the uh, Slab Stocks thing. So if you have comments for me, I won't see them. Uh, if Aaron's doing goofy things, I won't see it. So uh,
0: this should go well. If you all have a uh, comment directed towards Nate, you can say Nate and then whatever you have to say. And I'll try to repeat it back for him so he can hear it. Uh, We did have to get him to screen share because I had some glitches with the new computer and screen sharing. But let's get right into it. How about that? You guys can see that now on the screen. Welcome, everyone. Matt, Tom, GT Black in the house. I know that you're here every single week, so we really appreciate that. So, yes, this is this week's live stream. We are talking about a lot of different things, a couple different questions, and we'll be fielding some live questions. So, Nate, go ahead and scroll on down. This week, I know we talked about it last week, but we launched Slabstocks Breaks. We had two break nights so far, one on Wednesday, night, which was basketball, and it went amazing. It was so much fun. I streamed for four hours. It was crazy. Brent P. was there, I know. Brent had some spots. And then we also keep scrolling down. Oh. We hit, uh, I hit some pretty crazy stuff. Rui Genesis, uh, Zion alternate, uh, for the variation, his alternate jersey from Mosaic, a uh, Joss Silver from Chronicles. And then Nate broke the next or on Saturday, he did some Bowman, and Nate had Bobby Wood Jr., Blue Mojo out of 150, a. Uh, Luis Robert, refractor number, at 499 rookie, and a Kyle Lewis gold out of 50, along with a slew of other first Bowmans, including Jason Dominguez, and I hit some sweet soccer stuff. Jason Dominguez three times over. Yeah, lots of Jason Dominguez, so Yankees really cleaned up. It's a really fun first two break nights, and if we look at the next slide, we have already actually sold out of our NBA tip-off break tomorrow on Tuesday. It's starting at 1.30 Eastern time here on YouTube Live, which is why Sam Dunk's video came out today. Because tomorrow we'll be live on YouTube covering the different NBA cards via the YouTube stream. So, it's already sold out. So, sorry you can't get into that one. But be sure to come and join and talk NBA cards with us, cards in general, sports, NBA tip-off, all that stuff. Slabstock Sam will be in the house in the chat talking to you all. And then also... A way for you to get involved in the next breaks is at the end of the live stream. I will show on screen what is going on for the following week's breaks and the Tuesday and Thursday of the following week week, which is the 29th and the 31st. I will post the breaks live at the very end of the stream. And a way to stay up to date with that is through the Discord. So in the link in the description of this video. There's the Discord for Slabstock Sports Card Trading Discord. And there's a ton of people in there, over a 1,000 now, that discuss different things about sports cards all the time in the different channels for each sport. And also we post the break links directly to there as they go live. Really easy way to get your hands on them. And if we're looking here, I mentioned Sam, Sam Dunks for today. So Sam Dunks' video today was about applying statistics to your basketball card investments. This was one of the best videos I think I've seen him put out There was so much knowledge and there's so much insight, so much you guys can apply right now before the NBA season begins tomorrow and throughout the NBA season. I think you guys will really enjoy that video. Be sure after this YouTube live, if you guys are free tonight or tomorrow morning to hop on and watch that video. It's a really big time. And also Sam pokes fun at Nate about five times in the video. So I assume
1: that's about good stuff about our boy, uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, You might.
0: You might want to watch the video or don't watch the video so you're not disappointed.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? I know he shot like 39% <laughs> last year from the field, but uh, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it does not bother me. That's 20 points a game right there from Devontae Graham on uh, like seven threes a game. So uh, who cares? There you
0: go. So if you are wondering how you guys can submit a question for next week's YouTube live, right now we're about to go through a bunch of questions. If you're wondering how to submit a question for next week's YouTube live, hop into the caption of this video and click on the Google form and you guys can submit a question for next week's video and we'll be sure to get, get it in there for you. Uh, we don't have as many questions this week as normal. I think mostly because I was kind of occupied getting these breaks going. I forgot to post it a couple times at different places, uh, the form. However, we do have enough. And then we also have you all in the live chat to keep us talking and keep us getting questions in during the live stream as well. So I appreciate all you joining card hour. What's up, GT? What's up, Tom? GT says, don't watch the video. Nate. I, I,
1: I see that I pulled it up on my phone and uh, yeah, GT, I'm definitely not going to watch the video because uh, there could be some, there's some fighting words, some fighting <laughs> words between me and Sam. If you insult my boy, Devonte Grant,
0: that's all Car- I got to say about that. Car- Card Hour says, guys, hit that like button. It takes two seconds. And, yeah, it really helps us out if you hit that like button and subscribes. It gets more viewers to our channel and to talk about basketball cards and soccer cards and football cards and baseball cards, all the different sports cards and even some trading cards. That's a really great time here on Monday nights. So I really appreciate all you guys joining Vintage Baseball Card Packs. Good evening. Now that's around 5.11, let's hop into this show and let's get going with the questions. For the first question, it's will Optic Football hold value being released too late? Is the smaller set going to help? So I do. I cannot speak on the amount of cards in the set. I don't know if they release a checklist yet. I know for Prism Football, it was a 100 card rookie checklist, which in my book is far too big. There is way too many rookies in that Prism product. I actually think that Mosaic Football. I was waiting for a long time for Prism Football to come out to actually analyze Mosaic Football. And once I saw Prism Football come out with a 100 card checklist, I cannot actually say how many cards are in mosaic for rookies, but I'd venture to guess it's smaller for two reasons. One is that they did not have actually, you know, the players playing in either training camp attire or in game attire. I know that the Prism cards were airbrushed as well, but for mosaic, they I don't think that they really included that many rookies that were like either in college jersey or not actually, you know, big-time rookies. It seems like in Mosaic that the rookie checklist was smaller. If someone in this uh, chat wants to correct me and tell me, or at least enlighten me on how many rookies are in the Mosaic checklist, I should have went and looked before, but I would venture to guess it's not 100 rookie cards. In OpTic, I'm going to assume it's not 100 also, so that means that your hit rate's better to get good rookies. And also with OpTic, it came out after Prism. Uh, Mosaic came out before Prism. Normally, I want to say that, like, in basketball, it goes prism, then optic, then select, and then mosaic. For football, it was all jumbled around. So I wasn't really confident in football practice this year. Like, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I didn't know if mosaic was going to be, you know, a hit because of prism coming later. I thought once prism came out, mosaic would take a huge hit. But honestly, like, I'm seeing a lot of people really enjoy mosaic and really enjoy the cards and the hit rates in them and not opening up a $1,000 hobby box of prison football and getting nothing because the hit rates are very tough. Obviously, you can hit a huge. You can get Herbert-based rookies. You can get Herbert Silvers, a numbered number autographs. Same goes for Burrow and Tua and Jalen Hurts. But Mosaic, I, I hear, is a better hit rate, especially with most likely a shrunken checklist. And then for OpTic, I have on the screen there the 2019 OpTic football hobby box value, and that's $450 was the last one to sell. I'd assume that optic hobby from this year is going to release way higher than 2019. Nothing against Kyler or DK Metcalf or any of those players out there. But to me, 2020 football seems far more loaded than 2019. Nate, I know that you and I aren't necessarily like huge football guys in terms of like analyzing the checklist and the investments and the cards and everything, but just like, First initial reaction is that twenty twenty optic is going to be a far better set than twenty nineteen optic when you have guys like Daniel Jones who are struggling and uh, shoot who else other than Kyler? Why can't I think uh, of the, Drew Lock? Drew Lock? I couldn't think of the other guy. Uh, uh,
1: you know Gardner Minshew who is now going to be uh, unceremoniously replaced by uh, uh,
0: the kid from Clemson. Why can't I think Trevor Lawrence? Right, so GT Black said that Mosaic only had 50 rookies. So that's half. That's half the amount of rookies in Mosaic than in Prism. That definitely means that you're more likely to hit a good rookie. And there are college uniform cards of the guys um, like Herbert and like, or at least I, I believe that there are. I'm trying to just think back in my memory bank here. I know that there was like a Ohio State cornerback. can't think of the name. I, I want to say Jeff Akuda, but I don't know if that's him. Um, there was a variation of him and Jonathan Taylor, I believe, as well. Those are variations not part of the 50-card checklist because I believe they're variations of the 50-card rookie checklist. So that, to me, just makes a lot more sense. Tony, top 10 Tony in the house. What's up? Um, and then also we got, we got some other guys joining in. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be valued higher or lower. Probably just right because any football that's coming out right now is doing very well because of the obvious Joe Burrow to Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. It's a loaded class as of right now. But Nate talked about it last week that you never really know. You never really know who's going to keep it going. You never really know who's going to come out of nowhere. If you think back to 2018 um, with Lamar Jackson picking up at the end of the Ravens season and Josh Allen not playing well at all, and then Lamar Jackson win the MVP and Baker was rookie of the year, and now he's obviously still playing well and they're doing well, but it's not like Josh Allen – who came up and that was the best one. And Sam Darnold, obviously, on the terrible Jets. But, uh, yeah, they won yesterday. They did win yesterday, got their first win of the season. Uh, congrats, Lou. Even the,
1: even the Jets. The Jets are so bad, they can't even tank correctly. And the it, Jets are
0: so it, bad really amazing. That, they, that they blew that number one pick. Do you think the Jaguars are going to blow it and get, get another win? Or do you think they're just going to.
1: Uh, well, be the Jaguars have been. Uh, Oddly competitive for a bad team.
0: So. Well, they, they almost beat the Packers and they almost beat the Vikings. I think. Yeah, I believe so. It's like the Panthers are four
1: and nine, and yet they've lost or uh, four and ten now, but they've lost eight of their ten games by one score or less, or just one score. You can't lose by less than one score. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that? I talked for a long time, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on it.
1: Um, my only thought is that four hundred fifty dollars. For this box is absurd. What was the prices? We don't have prices for the other boxes. I mean, there's the some pre-order team.
0: prices. This pre-order price is probably out there in 2020, but I'm just going off my instincts. That 2020 is probably going to be like 750, 800 dollars. A prism is a thousand. I just
1: think those prices are absurd for going for just you know you just want you're aiming for three dudes and maybe a fourth if you're talking Jordan Love, but you're aiming for three quarterbacks. Wait,
0: right. oh you're you're talking for uh, 2020? No, you're aiming you're yeah. aiming for five with Jordan Love. Jalen Hurts, if you're in Jalen Hurts, oh yeah, yeah, my bad.
1: Uh, so you're aiming for five quarterbacks, but you have a hundred different guys you can get.
0: So that's uh, in Prism. In Prism, there's a hundred different guys
1: you can get. Oh, I'm having a bad time paying attention here. Uh, I know, also, trying... If anybody's wondering why it looks like I'm looking down, it's because I am looking down because I'm I can't see Aaron's face on this screen, so I'm looking at the screen on my phone as we're as the video is going and reading the. The stuff so uh if it looks weird it's because it is weird all i'm gonna say is optic for 700 is a no go for me uh every day of the week i'll take that there? money and buy an aaron Rodgers tops rookie psa time
0: that's a that's a good call right there what if you're investing in it sealed and you're talking about wait wait a second before you answer optic for 700 mosaic for 700 Or prism for nine hundred and fifty, probably a thousand right now. None of them. What if you had to choose one? If I had to choose, I
1: still think I probably, I probably go prism for the two hundred more. Yeah, I,
0: I, I think that it's interesting because it's a better brand, but harder to hit, and that's how it goes a lot of times with that too, because it's their main set. You know, just like in tops, tops flagship, they're going to include way more rookies than they are in a smaller product that's more expensive and everything mm-hmm. kind of interesting. All right. Hey, thank you for everyone. Yeah. You guys answer too. If I asked that question, mosaic prism or optic for football this year, toss in your, your input. We want to hear it. Appreciate all 50 of you joining in so far. I uh, definitely that's hit that like button. Too. Point.
1: mosaic only because it's a first year set and you know how people are weird about first year sets,
0: how they really get into it. Yeah, for sure. All right. You want to read this one? Yeah. Do you guys think a card market crash back to pre-COVID levels is
1: ever possible or is it past the point to where the market has a steady floor? If so, what do you think could be the catalyst for such a crash? In my opinion, one would be the real economy crashing because people would have less money to spend on hobbies and non-necessities. And number two would be the absurd prices for boxes that are a thousand plus and unsustainable and crash the demand, especially for people new to the hobby. Obviously hope a crash never occurs but it's smart to know the possibilities of it aaron can i answer i had some thoughts on this earlier can i answer sure. yeah go first okay. number one a lot of people are doom and gloom constantly and i don't feel like a lot of people are enjoying what we're going through right now they're just and i understand it's probably smart to look forward towards the future but they're just doom and glooming the future instead of enjoying the moment we're in right now number one uh number two <clears throat> The uh, absurd prices for boxes thinking that people will be out, that just means that these boxes are going to be bought up by more breakers and people are going to buy spots instead of whole boxes. And these cards are still going to get out onto the market and you're still going to see um, a bunch of singles, more singles than were ever in the past type of thing because breakers will just become more popular than people buying whole boxes, I think. So I don't think... uh, I mean, obviously everything goes and is cyclical and we will eventually see a downturn in this market at some point. Just happens in every market. But uh, to be all doom and gloom and to be like, oh, look at these box prices. I think there's things uh, built in to uh, fix that, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think the same. And to point number one about the uh, overall economy crashing and stuff, I mean, if there's anything in my mind, like, Whenever I talk about how the market's going, how it's going in the future, where it's heading towards, a lot of that is like ignoring outside factors. Like if all things were constant with the economy, we would definitely see this market keep on roaring. I mean, to think about the amount of people involved right now compared to a year ago was ridiculous. And to the amount of people are enjoying it right now to a year ago is insane. And that's not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, even when people wanted to push it at the absolute hardest, I remember back in August... When Sam put out the video, the sky is falling. There were people saying that prison-based rookie Luca PSA 10s were going back down to like $250. There were people that were saying, oh, all you guys are wrong, all that stuff. Well, look at this. Once basketball comes back, as it does every year going into the season, um, the market's stronger than ever. This past, I'd say the past three weeks has been the strongest the market's been ever. I can say it with great confidence and obviously, you know, we're doing our part to be out there in the market and helping getting others involved and growing as much as we can. Uh, There's so many other people out there like us now, which is why the market keeps on expanding. I mean, just think about every new person that comes in here with a voice and talks and shares and all that stuff. It's just another person that they can reach to get involved in the hobby. And that's really what happens. The more people involved, you know, the further it goes and the more developed it becomes too. it. Every day, every week, every month of the year, the market's becoming more developed. New things are coming out. More people involved in different uh, ways of the, of the hobby. All, you know, all this different stuff. I will say this. The market is as accessible as ever, other than, other than retail packs for kids, which is a huge problem we've talked about a lot. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I drilled about once a week on slab stocks. But my point is, is as, a, as a someone who wants to buy and sell cards, collect them trade them, sell them, you know, as they're watching basketball games, it's never been easier than right now. And that's not changing and it's just going to get better and it's just going to get more advanced and there's just going to be more ways to do it. I mean, you can literally buy parts of cards. You can buy whole cards. You can get a breaks, You can rip packs yourself. You can invest in eBay. You can go to shows. You can, you can literally do so many different things. And that's why I think that it's just so important. So many people out there in the media and social media are talking about, I mean, like Nate said, This is not me sitting here and saying it's just going to go up forever because that doesn't happen. We even saw it go down hard during August. We saw basketball prices drop like forty to fifty percent. Congrats to you that were confident like us and stayed in it and talked about it and bought and all that stuff. Congrats. But uh, you know, in the future, I mean, yes, there will be times that goes down again, and then there's gonna be times it bounces back. The thing is, is that so many people always ask themselves, "When's the peak? When's the peak?" I mean, you could be sitting here for the past fifteen years collecting cards, ten years like myself. And you could have been asking yourself five years ago, oh, I got to sell it at the peak. I got to figure out when the peak is. Well, you would have been dead wrong for five straight years about the peak. Yep. And you're never going to find it. Because in five years, the peak could have happened ten times over. It could have went like this, then like this, and up and down, all the way up the graph. And you see it all the time in, like, all-time graphs. You see them go up, and you see it go down a little bit, and then back up. And there's always, like, this new floor that's kind of created. So, like – I think that it was really, really important that August prices dropped by 40% because it dropped down to a point where people that were really interested and really involved could buy back in and get into these cards and have them. And it gave them a self, you know, sense of confidence again that they're not just buying constantly on the uprising. And then it gives you more confidence for the next time that this happens and comes around. If this happens with football this offseason, people are probably going to have confidence because of what happened this past year. Yep. You know, like There's just so many things. There's so much data out there so many PSA pop reports, so much eBay data. I mean, you guys can study as much as you want and you guys will have so much confidence going into, you know, what you're doing based off of past history. And, you know, that's why, that's why that's my answer to this question. But I think it's a great question to ask. And I think Steve asked that, Steven, uh, I know you're in here all the time. You might not be here today, but, I uh, appreciate the question a lot. Cause it's a good one.
1: Uh, and we have a $600 stimulus check coming. And since $600 doesn't do much for most, uh, most people, I'm sure it's just going to get
0: blown on cards. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, to because I just saw that get ready for another round of uh, spending. Yeah, not not $1,200 this time, but uh, 600 and. Hey, it's still, it's still something a lot of people in the market, I mean, $600 is, helps anyone out, but a lot of people in the market are, already have that $500 that they're placing on cards tomorrow, so it's just going to be an extra $600 to place on cards tomorrow. Yep, that's true. All right. Next question. Let's do it. Yeah, I was just getting to the question on my screen here. Okay. I've seen a seller on eBay selling replica tiger stripes of Zion, Luca, LeBron. How should we feel about that? So on the screen here, this is from Tony. Thank you. On the left side, you see the real, tiger stripe from prism choice of zion and these things are huge cards personally i've never been like a huge fan of tiger stripe i liked him a lot just like as a card that goes up in value with everything else because that's generally what happens of these good cards but uh not like a massive fan because it's really hard when You don't know the print run to actually like love a card although i will say i love mosaic genesis partly because i hit that Rui and i feel kind of partial to it but they do look really good um uh, i'm not so i'm not so sure on like the The animal print, like I do like zebras though for, for select, not just, I just not sold on the tiger yet, but, uh, obviously they're huge cards. I mean, Zion is like eight to 10 K for a real tiger stripe. Now the issue is that you got people on that right side, creating these reprints and replicas, and then they stick them in front of a national treasures box. So the way that this one was known to be a reprint was that in the title, it said RP so it wasn't even really that discreet. It didn't say reprint. It didn't say facsimile or any of that stuff. Um, RP and someone new into the hobby sees this and they go, oh, my gosh. Zion Williamson, Tiger Stripe, $1,000. I can't lose. And buys it. They get the fake thing. Do they even know it's fake? Like, who knows how good these things yeah. are? They might not even know it's fake. They well, might go to a show. It's
1: fake by the amount of stripes on the side. That's for
0: sure. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, but let's say let me say this, Nate. If you aren't someone that looks up what the other one looks like, if you're just new, yeah, correct. You might not right. even you might not even know it's real or fake, and then you go to a show, and then you try to sell it at a show. Next thing you know, you got like twenty people accusing you of selling fake cards. Yep. So like this isn't even as much of an issue as like, oh, this is a ripoff. As like this could seriously like affect. This reminds know, me of the Patrick Mahomes cracked ice
1: reprint from Contenders that they have. That shows up number 20 of 25 or 21 of 25 that they decided to reprint that one. Yeah. And it shows up all the time on eBay. And every single time, every day that there's a bunch of them, guaranteed one of them, somebody is like, oh, it's a Patrick Mahomes contenders cracked ice auto. And they don't look at the RP and they spend 160 bucks on it,
0: 200 bucks on it. I, I should have said so that T two o six guy. Thanks for his comment. I said reprint because that's what they're listing them as. They aren't technically reprints because reprints are like, for Pokemon, they create Pokemon produces another set of you know hidden fates. And now that's oh the reprints out there of hidden fates or to, Tops makes the twenty twenty uh, tribute Mike Trout twenty eleven update reprint rookie that's in Tops twenty twenty. That's a reprint. It's the it's the company that's putting them out there like t206 guy says these are straight counterfeits this is one illegal and two fraudulent so neither should be allowed. fair
1: fair point we shouldn't be comparing them to reprints but yeah i I just wanted to point out that uh new people get scammed all the time with reprints from actual companies and now and now we've got illegitimate cards out there that new people are going to get scammed on. yeah
0: not necessarily scammed by legit companies but like unknowingly pays too much more like that you know well <laughs> i i i feel like i feel like it's a, a, a
1: it's stupid put it that way
0: i will say this i think it's dumb i agree i think it's like why would you produce a 2011 tops update my chart reprint in 2020 the only thing that's different is the back because next thing you know that guy goes on ebay takes a picture of it lists it doesn't show the back gets 350 bucks for the card yeah or more obviously but uh it's, I think that, you know, one print and one print only, the only differences should be like, I've seen some really cool insert sets that take off of the past years that are actually marked as like a certain, you know, okay. I'll give an example this year, 20, uh, 2020, <laughs> What's up? Do you need me to show a comment? GT black. I buy cards that aren't worth the time to counterfeit problem. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to fix it. Uh, b- but for twenty twenty one NBA hoops, they are rep- they're not reprinting they're making an insert based off of the 1990 hoop set that if you remember it's the one that kind of looks like um, a, a semi oval to where it's kind of it's like David Robinson's rookie card um, they're making a tribute set to that this year and that looks really cool because they stamped it as like 90 to 91 uh, tribute set and because it's the 20th year anniversary for that sorry 30th year anniversary for that crazy but uh th- like those are cool not the ones that you can't tell. There's so many 2003 tops LeBron reprints out there too, that it's a huge problem. I get so many people at me and say, Hey, I don't know if it's real or not. Look on the back of the card and look at the year that has copyright in, uh, for the fraudulent ones. I can't tell you though. You, it's just, those are stupid. I'm more talking about the company printed reprints. All right. Next question. We got, you're good, Nate. Uh, Sorry, how should I approach two questions buying... here from
1: two different guys? Oh, go ahead. Same, same gist
0: to it. Oh, Bazooka Tom and Jeff in an e- AFC East Champions jersey. Bazooka Tom. Shout out shout, out, shout out Bills for uh, winning the AFC East. <laughs> yes. Um, hey, wasn't Bazooka Tom in your Bowman live stream? Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Bazooka Tom, for asking a question here, too. How should I approach buying raw basketball cards on eBay, especially? Rookie raw basketball rookie cards on eBay, especially from sellers that also sell graded cards. Should I avoid it? Ask certain questions. What am I looking for? Um, in relation to that question, one read both of them because they're similar. Oh, okay. My bad. Since grading has become so popular and top of everyone's mind, are there any good raw cards on eBay anymore, (laughs) or does pretty much everyone put the raw cards they've already inspected, determined not to be a nine or ten? I used to think buying raw cards on eBay, uh, To maybe get lucky, to grade was a decent strategy. Not so much anymore. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Jeff in the Bills jersey. So for for raw cards, Nate and I have talked about it a couple of times here on the show. Welcome, Pete's Junk Treasure. I'm glad you were able to make it tonight. I am in the mindset that any card from about over a year ago of a top player or rookie that people would grade, it's just – so tough to even think that you can buy it and grade it and you're just risking money and time at that point. If you're buying a guy because you know, it's like, you really know that he's going to be awesome. I would go like PSA nine, PSA 10, just buy it. I mean, that's going to be the easiest thing that you can sell when it comes time to sell. If you're really trying to base your strategy off of buying non-graded grading and selling you really got to be on top of new releases. That's that's how I'm thinking about it. You know, how many times you're gonna go out there and buy a, a Trey Young Prism rookie? Is it gonna be like a seven or an eight now? Maybe a nine if you're lucky. And if you're like one in one hundred, you're hitting a ten maybe. So I think that uh, it it's it's a tough predicament. GT says that there's a ton of people that don't grade cards. That is true. There actually are a lot of people that don't grade cards and don't want to spend time with it, money, more capital investment. But I still think that they've changed hands so many times at this point that your risk is running super high and sure you can ask sellers for more questions for more pictures and all that stuff. Um, I don't know how much they would respond because I'm sure that maybe they get bothered by just so many questions, but Hey, can you send me the corners close up all that stuff? It's just like, Oh now you're actually fishing for tens and nines. But, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty raw buying and selling is a pretty big problem on eBay, especially with the return policy. But, uh, Nate, I don't know if you have any anything else to add to that. I just, I'm, I'm, of, I'm, you know, you've
1: explained it perfectly fine. I'm of the frame of mind that if I'm talking baseball and Tops Update came out, just came out, not that I would buy Tops Update because it's trash this year. So don't buy Tops Update. But this is just an example. If Tops Update came out and there was somebody good in it, and I wanted to grade some cards, I'd be buying. I'd maybe wait like a week or two, let the price go down a little bit. But then I'd be buying because people are just going to be putting these cards out to get them sold to get some of their investment back. I would be comfortable buying those. But once you get down the line, like I don't think I'd buy Bo Bichette from Top Series 1 from last year at this point anymore because a lot of those cards will already have been picked through, even though it's not even a year yet.
0: Yeah, there's some people coming in like uh, Pete and – tech saying that they they collect a lot they break a lot and don't really have the time and money to to grade or they just leave them and put them in boxes and and binders and yeah i'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of good raw cards out there because of how many cards there are out there but are those cards even going to hit the market like in pizza uh, you know his case like are you really going to pull out your your nine pocket pages and list those cards to ebay um especially for a collector probably not that's not wrong at all like i really do appreciate that and that you do collect and, do binder your cards and everything. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying like in terms of like buyers out there, when you see like a lot of two Trae Young prisms on eBay, um, there's a chance that that just changed hands three times and three people didn't want to grade them. That's more what we're talking about. But also there can still be good raw cards. But the other thing is there might be the good raw cards out there for you to buy and it can be worth it. It totally can be grading them and making that margins huge. But I need you to understand that it's – not likely and that you don't want to be one of those people that run the ebay and return it because you have a psa 8.5 or a nine when really anything that's near mint or better really doesn't need to be disclosed on ebay i'd say if it's 8.5 or higher um you know that's as good as raw nowadays i mean that totally is as good as raw psa nines are way better than raw but in terms like even like a psa 8 jaron jackson jr silver i saw yesterday I literally think that PSA eight JJJ silver might be just a good buy right now because they're kind of undervalued. And I think the more eights are hitting the market as we speak every single day because those are becoming like the new norm almost sometimes, especially with however, how many people just want to grade everything under the sun and get that PSA label on it. You're going to see a lot more cards go through that aren't um, going to really hit, you know, hit those tens and even nines sometimes. All right, we moving on. Um, and I'd just like to point out that
1: technical rogue is saying mine are all sleeved and top loaded right after ripping live. And also some are one touch depending on having have tons and boxes all around my breaking room. I think he's probably the exception to the rule, right? Then the rule. Yeah. Not many people will do what he does. So if you go can occasionally find that seller that doesn't grade and hasn't sold a bunch of his cards yet, then sure you're in good shape.
0: But the likelihood you find that, Slammed so it See you, Matt. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Also, Matt, really quick, I like this last thing that he said. He said, "Build a relationship with sellers," and I do agree with that. If you find people out there that you really like dealing with, and they, you know, they're like Tech, and Tech doesn't grade his cards, but Tech does like selling to certain people that he knows and likes. Um, keep, you know, keep a relationship with them, keep buying all that stuff. Cause then you do have a really good feed for those cards, you know, but oh, it's all about networking. It's not about forcing. I'm not saying go out there and try to find a bunch of people and be like, Hey, want to be buddies. I see you don't grade your cards, but like, and also don't go into it with that mindset too. just, just, you know, network with people and figure out what people like and don't like and be nice to them and become friends with them. I mean, I've made so many connections out there in the industry. It's, it's helped us more than I can even explain. Like, we work really hard and we do a lot, you know, to try to get information out there. But there's a ton of connections that that we have that would not have made certain things possible without them. And I can guarantee that. So I appreciate those people every day, uh, especially for what they've done for us and helped us get, you know, where we are now.
1: Also, it should be pointed out that this is just for really good guys. If you really like a, um, isan diaz from the marlins nobody's grading isan diaz so you can go to ebay and buy all the isan diaz's in the world and you'll probably have quite a few psa 10s in there
0: yeah nate's totally right so if i'm sitting here like six months ago and i'm like oh chumo kiki he hasn't played yet like i want to try to buy him grade him so my cards are ready for the nba season you're probably gonna have a great time buying his cards in ebay and grading them i mean there's not the main grade out there or tht before he blew up uh taylor horton tucker he would have been a great guy to buy up and grade if you were like hot on him as a prospect. Um, that's where you can do it. You know, if you're going out there and trying to buy a trade, a grade, you're gonna have some really rough luck, I'd say. Yep. All right, so this one was kind of funny. <laughs> There's a question: any are redemption cards necessary? How does this impact the value of boxes when the redemptions expire? What happens to unclaimed rede- redemptions? So the redemption I put on the screen is from 2019-2020, National Treasures. Nate, can you read the name for me on that autograph from the set, Nikola Vucevic? (laughs) And we're talking about like easily a five a five figure box is returning a Nikola Vucevic redemption autograph. Is that the worst possible hit you can get in the entire set? Because it's terrible. It's not live. It's a redemption, and it's Nikola Vucevic. And redemptions, in my mind, I would rather hit this than Panini points. Or, how about this, a blockchain? (laughs) A blockchain card? (laughs) Yeah. But uh, those Zion blockchain RPAs were going for like 5k off a release. Stupid. But uh, in terms of redemptions, I really think that redemptions and points shouldn't be a thing. If you sign a player to a contract and they don't return their cards by a certain date, um, now obviously you have to do something at that point. But I think there should be harsh, harsh, harsh penalties for these players. And they should really get more... um, you know, on top of this, because Giannis, as much as we love him, that man hasn't signed a card in like two years. I'm still waiting for his Noir sneaker spotlight from 2018 to be made so I can buy then spend way too much money on it. But no, he still hasn't signed. He hasn't signed for a bunch of products, and he's one of the bigger superstars that hasn't. And it's it's it stinks. I mean, it stinks if you open up a box of Noir in 2018, hit a Giannis sneaker spotlight redemption auto, fast forward two years later, and you still don't have it. I mean that's that's awful. Um, they stink. I don't like them at all. I wish that they weren't a thing. And in terms of boxes and how the values are affected when they expire, first off, stupid, stupid that they expire. Um, I think that's dumb. You should cash. You should be able to cash your redemption whenever. If a card from 2003 that's a one of one pops out of a box and you and you want to redeem it via tops, and you redeem it and it's expired. That's stupid. It should go into the system and should flag it as a replacement right away. Like, yo, this is so long ago. There's no way we have this card or you still have the card because you made it and you ship it. There's one of two things. There should never expire. That's one of the dumbest things also is that they expire. And yes, I think it does affect some of the boxes with certain guys being redemptions. Uh, One of the boxes that would affect would be, I want to say it was 2019 top Sapphire was Tatisa redemption. I think in 2018, Acuna, Topps Chrome autographs were redemptions, I think, or Heritage. Heritage was huge because in Heritage, high number, Acuna autographs and glibertors autographs were redemptions, and possibly Ho- Juan Soto too, actually, or maybe not. I know that two of those guys were redemptions, so like, that's a that's a big issue.
1: Hey, uh, uh, Kickdown says redemptions are fine if we're talking six month turnaround. This two year crap is dumb. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but shout out Leaf. Shout out Leaf, because one time we got a free redemption of
0: some college audio.
1: Some defensive end Simmons something. And uh, we sent it in. And I'm pretty sure that card got mailed to us in like two weeks.
0: Uh let's make it clear. We did not buy a Leaf card. We were given a Leaf We were given a, we
1: were given a redemption. I'd never had done a redemption, so I was like, yes, I'm gonna send this in. And it literally came in like two weeks, maybe even less. It was incredible. Um of course, it's a terrible product,
0: and you know, but still, hey, <laughs> hey, Texas, lol, because Leaf Leaf has nothing going on; they can just sit there mailing redemptions all day. <laughs> all right, uh, quick intermission here from David. David, hey guys, Merry Christmas! Uh, Merry Christmas to you too, David. Do you think PSA will ever do subgrading like Beckett? So many times a card is returned, and you wonder why it got such a low grade. Thanks, smiley face. Um, I appreciate that smiley face. So with with subgrades on cards, I don't, I I really don't see the point. If okay, I see the point if it's like AI grading and they have legit, co- like reason to put them there. Like you can literally say like that it got a nine point two five out of whatever because it analyzed it through the grading uh, AI brain stuff and whatever all that technology. But for subjective grading from actual people, and you see cards get cracked out they have 8.5 corners and resent in. they get 9.5 corners or they have a 9.5 surface. And now it has an 8.5 surface that just completely destroys all subgrades for me. Like I don't even care anymore because of that fact alone Um, with PSA. I just think that there's no point for PSA to go to subgrades. If they're thriving without them, they they would just hurt themselves. I I really think they open themselves up to more criticism, which while yes, it is maybe a little bit more transparent, I don't think it helps. It doesn't really help Beckett. Beckett's not like thriving. They're actually going down. They're going downhill. I'm not saying they're going all the way down. But uh, even though I have made some really hot takes on that before. But uh, I see no reason for PSA to ever add subgrades until something like AI grading. That makes sense. Or they have a cool QR code on the back to where you scan it and you actually see all the exact specs on the card. That would be really cool. That'd be something that I think that they should do in the future if they do implement ai grading which under nat turner i think will happen um at some point not sooner rather than later but whenever they can get to that so that's my thoughts i hope you enjoyed enjoyed that answer and if anyone has any thoughts on that too throw them in the chat because i think that that's a cool discussion one of which i do think that other people have differing opinions than me on i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying that i think what i think for those reasons okay next question you got that
1: Where do you see the card market going in the next year? Are people in the hobby for the long haul? Or is this just a trend that will eventually decrease in interest? Your opinion on that?
0: I think it's a (laughs) Polito. I think that's probably supposed to be an L. I think this question relates a lot to what we were talking about with that. uh, The COVID talk, pre-COVID and whatnot. Correct. Um, I don't think it's a fad. There's no way. We see money coming in that's so big that is in so many different places in so many different investment funds, in, so, in, in so many different fractional c- share companies. This is serious money I'm talking about. This is not like your average millionaire chilling at home. Those guys were buying like a year ago. Now you have like billion dollar funds getting involved. Yeah. There's and, too much, there's too much big money for it for them to let it go downhill. And I'm not necessarily saying like that there won't be peaks and values like we talked about, but in terms of like actual interest, it cannot in the next year and will not and that's obviously just my opinion i just think it's going to keep on growing more accessible ways for people to get involved we're really trying to do that for a lot of people at the uh, lower entry point too yes we're going to offer especially in our breaks some higher higher dollar really cool breaks really historical breaks but uh we're also keeping in mind that that's not the only thing you know we want to offer those budget less than ten dollar breaks for people to get involved who can't otherwise you know you hop on to other breakers and you might not be able to get a spot for less than $75, but we want to offer as much as possible, you know, between the ranges of 10 and $40. Um, it's really important to me. It's really important to our brand and our mission and what we're doing here. Um, but also we, we keep in mind that there's a lot of fun to be had out there with some really high dollar products. So we'll definitely get that involved. And also, which I placed some orders for some sweet products. I think you are going to really like, but, uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see interest fading. It's not a fad. If it's a fad, it's like a couple of people come in and pump it up a ton and then fade away. It's not what has happened. Even when Gary has kind of went into the back spotlight, it's mostly because of his other things in life, external ventures that aren't even related to cards dominating his time. Um, Just came on, posted, signed Instagram yesterday with some sweet cards he has and stuff like, you know, those people who are silent, then really into it, then silent again, um, you know, some of them maybe are are wishy-washy with it, but there's certain there's a lot of people out there that are not. And we're one of them. I mean, if there's ever a downturn, which we kind of saw in August, I mean we powered through and put up as much content as we did when it was hot. When COVID hit in March, uh basketball got suspended, the NBA, we were still pushing as much as we could, you know, like it was now covering what's what's going down and where can you look once it starts to you know tick back up. How do you invest when a floor gets hit? That's what we covered a ton in August. In September and October is watching for the floor. I think I put up like three or four videos that were like talking about hitting the floor. And then once it hits the floor, the rest of the market starts to rebound. When you see those bigger cards hit the floor and an exact thing, thing happened.
1: Perfect. Hey, uh, Dylan M says, uh, asks, does the grade hurt a one-on-one card? Even if it has nothing to compare to, And just to answer that quick, I feel like there's two school of thoughts. One is, why grade it? Because, you know, the grade shouldn't be boosting the value of a one-of-one card, right? And the other school of thought is, get it into a case and get it protected as best as possible, which would be a graded case. But as for value, I don't – would you agree, Aaron?
0: I don't think it affects it whatsoever. I think that if you have like a PSA 10 or 9.5, it definitely gets more people involved than like looking to spend big dollars. But I don't necessarily think if you have like a PSA seven or eight, that people are gonna be like, this is worth so much less compared like you would with like a base PSA ten versus an eight or like a silver ten versus a silver eight. Um, I really think that uh like I have a Jonathan Taylor 2020 Prism Black Mosaic rookie from draft picks, one of one that has a P- it's a PSA eight. I got it, and a Ben corner. Was I going to return it to the seller? Cause I had a bent corner when he sent it. And I didn't know when I buy it. Absolutely not. I'm not selling that card. I graded it. Got a PSA eight. I knew it wasn't going to get a nine. I knew it wasn't going to get a 10. Truthfully. I thought I was going to get like a six, but I was pretty surprised by the eight. And uh, it, you know, it's all about getting in that case, protecting it, making it displayable. Like honestly, like I really think that getting it graded just makes it much more displayable for myself too. And like, you know, it's going to case it's awesome. Um, I only included this
1: question because I think it's a good talk about uh, if people don't know about draft prism draft pick values, how much will my Panini 2021 20, 2020, 2021 prism draft pick Cassius Stanley black gold five of five and Josh green gold nine of 10
0: be worth and will increase or decrease price over time? Yeah. So this is a good like theory question here. Like I can't necessarily sit here and say like, Hey, your cash Stanley black gold off five is worth this or the Josh green's gold is worth this. Um, but what I can say is that normally prices drop on Prism draft pick stuff and college stuff in general. It's not just Prism draft pick, but especially high dollar cards like this drop And Sometimes it's hard for them to rebound. They rebound. If you're a player like Luca, Trey, John Morant, Zion Williamson, yeah, just are
1: rebound If you're Josh green.
0: Yeah. So if you're looking to sell and like get the most value out of it, sell enough. You collected because you love the college you played on collect it like that. I know cash is Stanley went to Duke. I'm not totally sure on Josh green though. Um, but also what uh, it increase or decrease in value over time totally depends on the player for those of you on a budget and like just love the prism brand and love getting cards of great players by the time that hoops drops at the end of January and then prisms coming in March, you might want to look in there if you're a really, really big budget guy, like if you can get some rookies for like a couple bucks and grade them, you know, like that's not hurting you, but it's just not the, allure that other people are looking for also one more thing to be said is that this year prism graphics is going to operate separately than it has in other years because of the lack of 2020 2021 product because of covid and delays and the season game pushback um it's going to operate differently we've already seen that a lot draft pick cards actually doing well draft pick cards being collectible draft pick cards getting graded um i mean zion draft pick psa 10s are like probably 100 bucks for base rookie if like, that's not bad like if you bought those things for like Ten bucks and grade it or whatever, like that's not bad at all. Um, you're still making money. It's just a less secure, less way to do it and less exciting, honestly, in my opinion. But I still think that it's 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 out there for the budget people. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Speaking of budget and Prism draft picks, like I was saying, keeping in mind how we, we want to get people involved on a budget. I got some Prism draft picks in the mail that we're gonna be listing for a break tomorrow night. It's gonna happen at the end of the live stream of the NBA tip off break. I hope to see you there. If you don't know what about it, one th- 30 p.m. Eastern time. I'm starting the NBA tip off break. All spots are already sold out, but there's some really sweet products getting broken. Our first hobby boxes are actually being broken on the channel, which is going to be really fun. Um, but I would uh, highly implore you if you are on a budget and want to get involved in break and discuss with other people and take part in something, our community, I really implore you to look into that Prism draft fix because you know you can get some of those cards for cheap that you can grade. I'm going to treat your cards right. So you can definitely get a shot at grading them too. Perfect. Perfect.
1: And then last question, and Aaron, we will get you out of here before your 6 o'clock cutoff, uh, which is awesome. good. Um, could the Luca 2019 National VIP promo see a price rise since it looks very similar to his rookie select courtside? It could be more a more affordable option for those who can't afford courtside. And that courtside at $7,000 is just so wild. Hey, hey, it
0: should be. It's a pop like 200 I Oh, think. I understand. I understand. Yeah. It's just well, do you know what's funny is that I swear for those slab stocks diehards out there, I appreciate you guys a lot. By the way, watching everything, uh, liking the hitting that like button like hour does, I really appreciate that. Um, I you would have known for forever that we love selecting select courtside, and a lot of it has to do with aesthetics. A lot of it has to do with design. A lot of it has to do with pop reports and prism like feel, but in a different set. Um, because I'm not going to lie, prism sometimes isn't the best like it's just not like the quality control was worse this year in 2019 prism that wasn't select um, now sometimes that does help a lot like Zion prism silver PSA 10s would not be five grand if it wasn't a really tough grade This the Luca select Quartzite PSA 10 is a far easier grade than a prism silver Zion so it helps and it hurts at the same time it's kind of a double-edged sword now getting back to the question and this VIP card on the right so that's a 2019 card that is not a rookie card that card is from a convention exclusive. You have to spend I it used okay, check this out. You used to have to spend 30k directly in product through Panini live at the national to get access to these gold these gold uh well that actually might have been the VIP pass in general, but you have to spend a bunch of money. That's my point. A bunch of money and to get these gold packs from the national. I guarantee you that number goes way up this year. The dollar amount on that probably triples in value this year at the national versus last year. The amount of people at the national is going to like 10 times this year versus the last year. Maybe not that big. Cause that's like a million people at that point. But we uh, had,
1: yeah, we had a hundred
0: thousand last year, Chicago or two years ago, Chicago national. Yeah. Like 120 K. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if over the five days, a million people walk through the gate. I would not be surprised if a million people walk through the gate over the five days total next year. Now, if, it just depends, I guess, on how much people are traveling I, at that point. Oh, well, that but, traffic would be atrocious. I know. We got to get there early. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to. but uh... And also, we have a booth there. For those of you that haven't, that haven't followed us for a long time, National Chicago 2021 is going to be the biggest sports card show ever. I can guarantee it. We will have a booth there, booth number 695. We were booth number 695 two years ago in Chicago, or a year and a half ago. Um, and if you watch our slab stocks breaks and you see our slab stocks mm-hmm. backdrop – that sign is actually from our booth at the National in Chicago. Um, I'm actually planning on upgrading, and getting some cool branding and brake mats and stuff. But uh, everyone in this chat needs to go, all 123 of you. I need to see you there. I need to meet you at the booth. I need mate, Nate to mute his phone. My bad. <laughs> just, just messing around with you. <laughs> just fit well into what I was saying. Um, okay, I, I've, went, I've rambled on for a long time. This the, yeah. the, 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 the National VIP card. It's a cool card. I think that there is a little bit of a market for it due to the fact that it has the courtside picture. And yes, people can hop in an affordable option. That's a number on 99 that sold for $600. Do I think it's going to go up in price right now because people are going to say, oh, that's the courtside picture and now I should go buy it? You know, Maybe people do. Um, Do I think it's smart? Not super smart because there's never really a market for national VIP cards. But I guess if there's going to be one for any card, it'd be this one, um, I'd say. And also for those of you that do not know, I think the opulence rookie patch autos of Luca have that same exact picture and opulence is one of the most underrated high end sets. In my opinion, the cards are absolutely phenomenal looking. I have a Dante DiVincenzo rookie patch auto from the set. They're numbered on 79. They're more, they're more short print than the national treasures and the immaculate RPAs. They look incredible. They're signed on like gold foil. They're really, really cool. And it, it has the same picture as the select. I should put it on the screen, but uh, I know Lameem Le- Le- James has one because that's what I saw. That's what made me think of it and see that. You wish Australia wasn't so far. One day I'll make it to a national event. PJ, PJ, please make it out there. I would love, I'd love for you and Global Sports Car Investor to come and meet us at the Slab Stacks booth number six ninety-five. It'd be it'd be awesome. And also any of you that, that are in here. And don't have plans yet for the national. Start looking into it because I guarantee you – and that's if you can and want to. I'm not saying you like have to, but we'd love to see you. If Start looking into it because you don't want to get too close and then hotels are way too expensive and there's way too many people booking up. Ho- like, Dude, there's probably going to be people having to commute very far for each day this year versus last, the last yes. time. Yes. So make sure you get on it early. Nate, you got anything else you want to talk about? Something with baseball, really quick, because there's not a single baseball question. There was, there was
1: nothing in baseball. Um, no, but uh, did you see Luke Kennard signed a four year,
0: sixty four million dollar deal today? Dude, that's just what happens now. I mean, Kyle Kuzma got like a forty million dollar extension.
1: Well, you know, the thing with Luke Kennard is that the Clippers weren't going to be able to spend that money elsewhere, so you might as well sign your own guy. But I just it blew my mind. And then the other thing was uh, Rudy Gobert signing his five year, two hundred five million dollar deal. And there's yeah, so man. many people online that were like, why did we sign him? Uh, I wouldn't have signed him to that deal. It stinks, blah, blah, blah. I ask you, who are the Utah Jazz going to sign with that money that's as good as Rudy Gobert? Not a soul. Now Not that's, a single soul will sign in Utah for that type of money that's as good as Rudy, Rudy Gobert. And, and that's
0: why you see those guys get those huge extensions. like. And I'm not saying this is a, to the same degree because Rudy Gobert is definitely more of an altering presence on, on the court than Harrison Barnes. But when you see teams that need to make a play, they have to sign someone for that money. So they got to go after someone, you know. This is kind of like what happens. Giannis demanding a trade to Utah. We're going to end on GT Black saying the dumbest thing of the day. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, GT. You come every week. <laughs> uh, all right. There we go. Card hours from Belgium. He has card hour. I better see you there. Come with your soccer cards. I can't wait. that will be a blast. Yep. Qu- question. I lost a NTA RPA of 99 in the mail. If I can, if I find it on F- eBay or Facebook, what can I do? Uh, I don't know if that was a joke or if that was real, but I I'm very sorry if that was real because post office better be doing something about that. What are they? What are they? hundred grand, 200 grand, 300. Grand? Uh, Out of release. They're like 50 to 75. I'm not sure how much they are now. Cause they don't surface anymore. Yeah. It makes sense. All right, well, we're just pulling up on the end here. So if you are listening and want to see myself breaking some cards tomorrow night, live on Slabstock's YouTube channel, we are breaking Optic. Oh, actually have it right here. We're doing some mosaic hanger boxes, some Optic Contenders hobby, some Hoops Premium hobby. And then also we have another break of all Hoops Premium that I filled earlier in the week. So I hope to see you all there. Thank you so much for joining this live stream. I appreciate it like crazy 1.30 1:30 PM Eastern Time tomorrow is the break. I I want to discuss sports cards with you guys. Nate will probably be there in the chat for some of it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Talking some basketball. Slabstock Sam will be there too. And if you do, not, if you have not done so yet, please, please watch the Slabstock Sam Sam Dunks video that came out today. Or it don't, be because he's probably harassing Devonte Graham. So it was, it was by far one of the best videos he's put out, and it will help you immensely. Even if, even if Nate is a sad boy that he wasn't able to listen to Devontae Graham be pumped up by Sam. You, Nate, you should actually check it out. You put, you put something funny in there about you. and <laughs> you know, I was not going to delete that. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. We will see you next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time on the YouTube Live. I'll see you guys tomorrow for the break, and enjoy your Monday night. See you guys.